Welcome to the Porn Free, Shame Free podcast, produced by Caleb Micah Ministries. We hope God uses this resource to help you pursue freedom found only in Jesus. Well, hey, welcome to the Porn Free, Shame Free podcast. Uh, I'm Josh Proctor. I'm excited to be with you guys today to share some just amazing truth from God's Word. If you're new with us on the podcast, we are a faith-based podcast and um, look at truths in God's Word and Scripture to help us learn how to walk in freedom from things like pornography and shame and, and just any other aspects of sexual sin. And we use God's Word, like I said, in, in God's Word, the Bible is divided into two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so we are going to be um, actually in both parts of the Bible today. Um, explaining a topic that is a little taboo um, to talk about in church circles, um, not taboo to talk about in our culture, because culture is talking about it all over the place. But um, today we're going to talk about sex. And if you have watched the podcast, you know this. If you're new to the podcast, um, just give you a little bit about my story. So pornography almost completely destroyed my life, almost destroyed my marriage, and what I did not know is how that gave me a distorted and a perverse view of sex and sexuality and uh, really messed up my mind, really messed up my heart. But as I studied God's Word, as I studied Scripture, um, it changed my life. And it didn't just change um, one aspect of my life. It changed all aspects of my life, including sex. And so... Uh, if you look in, in your Bible, the first book in the Bible in Genesis chapter 1, it talks about how God is creator. Now, if you're watching this and you're like, I don't believe God's creator. Um, I believe that, uh, that the, the earth came by evolution. I don't want to try to um, engage in some sort of debate uh, in this podcast to prove that my point is right. What I would encourage you to do is there is a guy by the name of Sean McDowell. And if you just Google Sean McDowell, there's a lot of stuff that Sean McDowell writes um, that basically proves um, God is creator. Another guy, Lee Strobel, if you just Google Lee Strobel, um, he's another guy that talks about how you don't have to abandon your brain to place faith in God um, and, and talks about the validity of creation. Another guy, Josh McDowell, who happens to be Sean McDowell's father, um, wrote a book and actually revised that book with his son, uh, Sean McDowell, which is called Evidence That Demands a Verdict, and there's a, there's a revised edition of that out. And so you could um, Google those things to see you don't have to check your brain at the door to believe in things like God and creation. But because this is a faith podcast, kind of the baseline is that we believe God is the creator. And because he's the creator, he gets to tell us how to do our life. In Psalm chapter 24, verse 1, Psalm is a book of songs or psalms or poems in the middle of Scripture, um, in Psalm chapter 24, verse 1, it says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, um, the earth and all who dwell in it. So everything in the earth belongs to God. Now, and for the purpose of this podcast, I want you to think about sex. I want you to think about like sexual parts. I know this is not like your, what you'd call your family friendly for your child just to sit down and watch this. But if you are a parent, I would strongly encourage you to hang with me in this regard in terms of how to teach sex to your children. Um, one of the things that, that 
I really would have appreciated is, is understanding the beauty and the glory of sex. Um, I really think that might have helped not trip me up um, because pornography did. It just really messed up my brain, messed up my heart. But it says that everything belongs to the Lord. So imagine if you said my sexual parts belong to Jesus. I know you're like, whoa, what? That's weird. Hold on. He created them. In Colossians chapter 1, a book in the New Testament in verses 15 and 16, it explains to us that all things were created by him and for him. Now, right off the bat, you're thinking, man, this is weird. You're talking about like sex you know, and sexual parts belonging to Jesus. I'm out. No, don't. just hang with me. Hang with me. The reason we feel that way is because of the distorted view that we have of sex in our brain. Sex is actually not perverse. Sex is not casual like our culture uh, you know, says that it is and treats it as such. Sex is sacred, created by a sacred holy God. And sex is to take place in a sacred union called marriage. And so when a man and woman, a husband and wife get married and engage in the act of sex, what they're doing is they're worshiping a holy God. When they are enjoying this thing called sex that God gave us to enjoy in the context of marriage between husband and wife, when they're engaging in that sacred act and see it as sacred, it is worship to Almighty God. And it pleases Him. And it pleases Him because we're doing it His way and the way He set it up to be done. I would say that the idea of sex as worship is one of the biggest things that helped me on my journey to freedom. Because if I'm engaging in pornography, if I'm engaging in masturbation, if I'm engaging in other aspects of sexual sin, how is that for Jesus? And the answer is it's not. But if the idea is that I want to please my spouse, my, my spouse wants to please me. We want to enjoy what God created in the context of a sacred union called marriage. And then we participate in a sacred act called sex. When we do that and unite as one, it brings worship to a holy God. It's worship to him. Now, say you're watching this and you're a student and you say, how do I worship Jesus with my sexual parts, Josh, if you're saying I have to wait until marriage to have sex, the answer is by abstinence. The best way to worship God and to show that you know all parts of your body belong to Him as a student waiting for God's plan for you, whether marriage or singleness, is to abstain. If you're a single person, and I have lots of guys that I've poured into in this process that are single, and what they can learn is to either wait patiently for that mate that God's going to give them or accept the fact that God has called them to singleness. And as they do that, that is an act of worship to God. As a single person, if you're waiting for God's perfect timing for marriage or if you're saying, I'm going to uh, you know, abstain and I'm just going to trust that maybe God's called me to singleness, maybe for this season, maybe forever, that's an act of worship to God. If I'm married and I say, well, I, I want to I do some stuff that may be quote-unquote perverse in the bedroom, i.e. I'm going to watch porn to spice up our marriage, how is that honoring to the Lord? 
How is that worshiping the Lord? The best way to worship the Lord is that commitment and that union with your um, spouse in the context of biblical marriage. And as you enjoy one another, you're bringing worship to Almighty God. But see, it's not just an act of worship. Sex is not just about worshiping God. Sex is about intimacy. Now, when we think intimacy a lot in our culture, we immediately run to sex. But that's actually the wrong way to do that. Intimacy is so much more than sex. Intimacy is about a deep, relational, personal connection where there is a bonding that takes place in the heart and the brain. That you are like connected and bonded to that person long before sex ever happens. And so a lot of intimate relationships have nothing to do with sex. In fact, the only intimate relationship that God created that leads to sex is marriage between husband and wife. But this idea of intimacy, like you can have intimacy with a parent, deep closeness, deep relational connection in your heart and your brain where you're bonded. You can have that closeness with a sibling, deep, intimate, relational connection where you're bonded in your heart and in your brain. You could have that connection with a friend, which is deep, relational, bonded in the heart, bonded in the brain, that type of connection. And notice, none of that has anything to do with sex. It's just an intimate, relational connection. You know what? That's what God wants with us. God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, to rise from the dead three days later, so that we could experience forgiveness for our sins, so that we could have intimate, deep, relational connection with God. That's what God longs for us. In fact, for the people who follow Jesus, the last book in the New Testament, Revelation chapter 3, they're bowing down to things, they're running to things that aren't Jesus. And what happens is Jesus knocks on the door and says, hey, I want to come in with you. I want to eat with you. I want to connect with you relationally. I want this deep, intimate, relational connection in your heart, in your brain, where you become bonded with me. That's what Jesus wants with us. And guys, what I want you to understand is if I'm a student watching this and you're like, well, if, if sex is about intimacy, Josh, what do I do? You pursue deep, intimate, relational connections with God and with people that have nothing to do with sex. And then you wait on God's perfect timing if he's going to give you a mate or not. If you're that single person, and again, I have those very close to me. I'm, not, I'm married, and, and there's aspects of intimacy in marriage. Obviously, my single friends and family don't understand, but there's aspects of deep, intimate, relational connection as a single that I don't understand. And I will tell you from conversations that I have had that there is deep, relational, intimate, emotional connection that takes place that's non-sexual as a single person, and ultimately that deep, intimate connection is with God. And God's knocking on the door of our hearts saying, I want that with you. It literally says in Revelation 3.20 that he wants to come in and dine with us. Guys, the only people we eat with are the people we're close to. We eat with friends. We eat with family. And Jesus is saying, that's what I want with you. So if I'm a student watching this, if I'm a single watching this, 
that I'm pursuing deep, intimate relational connection with God and with others and trusting his perfect timing for a mate. If I'm a parent watching this, I'm not trying to convince my children that they need to find the one to complete them. What they need is to pursue deep, intimate relational connection with God and with others and see if God leads them to marriage. If I'm a married person, before I even want to try to pursue like sexual experience with my spouse, I want to pursue deep, intimate, relational connection where I become bonded with their heart and with their brain. In my marriage, my wife and I try as hard as we can to go on a date every week. What's the purpose of that? Because when you're married and you have children, sometimes you miss that intimacy. And so going on that date helps reconnect that, helps bring that together. But here's the beauty. When I have deep, intimate connection relationally with my spouse, then it carries over into the bedroom. And Genesis chapter 2, verse 25 talks about, uh, excuse me, verse 24 and 25 talks about how the two become one, and they become united with each other. In verse 25, and they're naked and there's no shame. The way that really looks in Scripture is they're completely vulnerable. So like when I'm experiencing deep intimacy with my spouse, non-sexual, where I'm known mentally, where I'm known in my heart emotionally, where I'm known spiritually, and then we have that intimate connection, God allows pleasure to be enjoyed where I'm also known and completely vulnerable physically, and then we become one in the act of sex. And guys, can I tell you something? That's worshipful to God. It's not, I just pursue the bedroom so I can have intimate sex. No, that's about me, and it's not intimate. What I'm doing is I'm pursuing loving my spouse to have deep relational connection with my spouse. I'm pursuing oneness with God, to have deep relational connection with God. And when God's moving in my heart and that I'm experiencing this with my spouse, what God longs for it to happen is then that relationship with my spouse becomes sexual. And it's sacred. And it's an act of worship to God. Guys, that's a lot different than pornography or other aspects of sexual sin. Because those things, those are all about me. What can I get out of it? And then oftentimes when that happens, there's all kinds of shame that floods the mind, that floods the heart. Do you know what's be- so beautiful about doing sex God's way in the context of marriage is that if I see it as sacred and I do it as an act of worship and I'm pursuing relational intimacy outside the bedroom, then it overflows into the bedroom and God allows us to enjoy one another as he intended in the context of marriage. There's no shame. There's no shame. And it brings glory to God. Here's my question for you today. What if you actually viewed sex as worship? What if you actually said, I'm not going to try to just pursue sex with my spouse. I'm going to try to pursue intimacy with them. 
and see if and when it flows over into a sacred act in the bedroom to bring worship to God. As a student, as a single, I'm going to pursue that intimate relational connection with God and people and trust God that he'll bring me that spouse in due time if that's what he wants, or trust God that he wants me to learn how to have an even deeper intimate connection relationally with him. If I'm a parent watching this, I'm like, I've got to completely retrain how I talk to my children about sex. It's not a one-talk deal. It's a continual dialogue as they grow up, and we don't make it so taboo. We explain to them God created it. We're not embarrassed to talk about it. It's actually really sacred, and He wants us to experience it in an intimate way in the context of marriage, and we do it that way. It's an act of worship, so we don't need to be embarrassed to talk about it. What's God saying to you today about sex as worship, about sex as intimacy? Would you let Him today speak to your heart about that? And maybe having a different context of what it is might make you want to not pursue it in a distorted way, like pornography or something else that's not of Him. Father God, I pray in Jesus' name that we would pursue you and only you to worship you. I pray that we would pursue sex and sexuality as you have intended. Would we use our sexuality as an act of worship to you? Would we save the act of sex to be an overflow of intimacy in the context of marriage between husband and wife? Would we see it as sacred and we say we only want to participate in it to please our spouse, to worship you? Father, I pray for those watching this that are going to share with their, their children. Would you give them wisdom? I pray for those watching this who are students or single, I pray in Jesus' name that you would give them resolve to lean on you to pursue abstinence. I pray for the married couple watching this that they'd say we only want to do it your way to bring worship to you. For the person watching this who's drowning in sexual sin right now, would you give them the courage to go listen to or watch other podcasts or go read some other blogs? that give them hope and freedom in this. But God, I also pray this. As they're watching this, would they see that maybe there's a way to experience sex with no shame? And would that give them hope? Father, we say all this in your name. Amen. God's blessings to you. Look forward to talking to you next time on the Porn Free, Shame Free Podcast.